Thank you for tuning in to Morning Moments with Pastor Bruce Goddard from Faith Baptist Church. We pray that this is a blessing to you. Welcome. Good to have a few minutes together today. and um, We've enjoyed God's blessing Sunday after Sunday here at Faith Baptist Church. And Forty years this August, we will have spent um, 40 years here in Wildemar, Riverside County, where those of you outside the area were uh, hours, hour and a half drive north of San Diego and um, about the same distance east of the Anaheim, Los Angeles area and um, in the out toward the desert. We're not sandy desert, but we've got a lot of the same climate. And uh, God just put us here in a town of a thousand and um, we started knocking on doors, meeting people. And um, I'm different uh, broadcasts were um, reminding people of God's goodness over the years and telling some stories. And uh, if you want all of them, you'd have to um, read my written morning moments that go out email uh, each day. If you want to sign up for those, just go to our website. You can sign up for those. And if you have signed up and there's been it's been intermittent, because we reworked our website and um, whoever's handling it, and I don't know what all the tech details are, but uh, we had a a window of time when some with some inconsistency, but I think things are back on track. And then um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, we have a video morning moments that I started at the beginning of COVID just to have that video visual contact with our church folks. And um, and then because of the folks who listen to things on the go and like podcasts, uh, we put these podcasts in. Uh, um, they're supposed to be going out Tuesdays and Thursdays, but um, there's no guarantee on that. Uh, but anyway, um, we, we came to a little town of a thousand in the whole valley. There was about 22,000 people within driving distance, like for church, meaning within half hour's drive or so. And, um, but they were just finished building a freeway through the area that connected San Diego County and the cities there with our area to the south and then going north out of our area. The freeway was almost completed to uh, the Corona Riverside area, and it wasn't quite done, but almost when we started the church shortly after it was finished, and then um, that connected with the freeways. So within an hour, there was the job market um, in the Orange County, um, Los Angeles area, and then in the San Diego, to the, that was to the west, and then north and west, and then to the south San Diego. So that freeway made a difference right almost right away. There's a development of 10,000 homes has started. And um, you and our area, that'd be California Oaks, has just started breaking ground within a year or so of uh, when we started the church. So these years, God's been awfully good. I can't even begin to say how good he's been. And uh, his mercies are beyond description. You know, I think of Job. Um, I'm, I'm going to be in Romans 13 in a minute, but I think of Job. Um, he said to his wife when the children had died and they lost their wealth and lost their uh, position, he said, what shall we receive good at the hand of the Lord and not evil also? Um, we're in this world. There's going to be some trials. There's going to be some heartache. And he committed his trials to God. And, and um, that is uh, pretty amazing how good God is in spite of a yucky world. And uh, so, uh, anyway, this morning, uh, I wanted to talk just a little bit about something I, I was, uh, had it you know, just pressed upon us over and over in Bible college, 
And it's this, uh, this thought of loyalty. In Romans 13, 7, it says this, Render, therefore, to all their dues. Tribute, to whom tribute is due. Custom, to whom custom. Fear, to whom fear. Honor, to whom honor. There are people who deserve to be treated with honor. It says it's due. Um, render, therefore, verse 7, render, therefore, to all their due. It's what we owe them. It's what they deserve. And so there are people who deserve honor. They des- some who deserve tribute, which would be like our, the word tax. Uh, custom, which is, I think, within cultures, the word custom changes some, but I think it has to do with uh, paying for the right to do what you do. And um, fear to whom fear. Um, a little earlier in Romans 13, it uh, talks about how we, we ought to fear the civil authorities. They bear the sword and that they're ministers of God. But especially that last phrase, honor, to whom honor, and, uh, and it assumes the word to whom honor is due. Um, I, I want to just talk for a few minutes today about this matter of loyalty. Um, in one of, one of Dr. Heil's books, Dr. Jack Heil's books, he talks about loyalty. I don't know if it's blue denim and lace or grace and truth. Uh, might have been strength and beauty. I think it was strength and beauty or, or uh, blue denim and lace. But loyalty is such a big thing, and it is really underplayed these days. And um, so I'd like to just mention a few things about it. Um, loyalty to your family. Loyalty to your church. Loyalty I think you could be loyal to the college you went to, to what extent uh, that's appropriate. It's just an institution and they come and go. But, but the fact is, if someone has given to me, invested in me and helped me, um, I owe them some measure of honor and, and loyalty. And, um, you know, there are people and in institutions that have been so important to you and to me we owe them something of our loyalty and, and uh, some of the honors due them. Um, I, I've never tried in all these years, I've never tried to come between anybody and their parents or someone in their college or someone in their church um, or husbands and wives. Uh, I've not always received the same um, treatment from other leaders, but that's between them and God. It's none of my problem. It's not my business. <clears throat> I've heard stories of pastors who basically said, if your spouse isn't going to be involved in church, uh, get rid of them. And and uh, well, I can't even imagine even thinking that, let alone saying it. Um, I, on a couple of occasions, have had a man come to me and say, Pastor, I love you. I love the preaching. I love this church. But my wife likes the music at another church. And um, she doesn't want our family going here. And, and I've always had basically the same answer. You have to make that decision. And I am not about to come between you and your spouse. Um, now, for me, my wife's not going to cause me to change what I believe or change my church. It's not going to happen. Um, so we get up Sunday morning, and I'm going to church. When the kids were home, I'm going to church, and I'm bringing my kids with me. But I'm, I'm not my wife's master, and I'm not going to force her to do anything. But neither is she mine, and she's not about to take me away from my church or the preaching that I believe to be right or the, the whole ministry. <clears throat> that's, that's my call. And it's up to her what she wants to do. Uh, she'd go along with me or not, but but she's certainly not going to pull the plug. And if my wife were to threaten me and say, if you don't change these things, I'm leaving. Well, we lost our marriage already. Um, that's, that's an impossibility. You can't have a marriage where husbands and wives are threatening each other. That's not love. And, um, you know, again, everybody's got to make their decision on that. And thankfully, I've never had to face those kind of ugly days. 
But um, there are some things that we do owe to people. You know, the, there's a sickening smallness in a man who is so insecure <clears throat> that he has to destroy people's loyalty to those who've loved him and influenced him in order to gain their followership. Um, you, you know, you take somebody who, um, in the Christian circles, and Christians are, are no different than anybody else. Christians are a bunch of sinners just like anybody. We're just forgiven. But um, a pastor who someone joins his church and he joins that person in slandering and criticizing the former church or the former ministry um, and somehow making that church, pastor, ministry, people, whatever, look bad so that he looks good, uh, that, that's an amazing small thing to do. You know, when people come to our church from other churches, I do my best to, to try and build up their love and loyalty for their former place. I was, I, I led a man to Christ one day in his home, and uh, I'm not sure how we met, but I was at his house, just he was home, and a little guy, a little two-year-old who's now got a baby, it's a long time ago, but um, I led this man to Christ, and just a great guy, and later became a great Sunday school teacher, great servant in the church, um, and he's in heaven now. But at the time, um, I went back to the home to make a follow-up call, and he had a friend there, and um, we just sat at the table, talked a little bit, and the friend that I didn't know until that moment um, said, hey, I want to ask you, and I think he asked something about tongues or something, speaking in tongues or whatever, and um I said, well, let me ask you this. And I went through the gospel and made sure he was saved. And, um, and then I said, so where are you going to church? And he told me, and he was going to church. And uh, I think he may have even gotten saved at that church. I'm not sure about that. But he had a pastor and he had a church. And uh, I said, in regard to your question, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to go to your pastor and ask him and give him the opportunity to answer that question. Um, not in the conversation, but uh, now looking back and at the time in my heart, I'm not this guy's pastor. I've not invested in he and his family. I didn't even know if he's married or not, had kids or not. I had no right to uh, demean or to lower or to abase this other pastor in this other church that he's attending. And I, I certainly didn't want to sow discord. I didn't want to give this guy material that he would take to his church and say to other church members, well, you know what, this and this and this, and the, you know, our church teaches this, but this is what the Bible says. And I'm not going to so, you know, Proverbs 6 says, uh, these six things doth the Lord hate, and one of them is he, a person that sows discord among the brethren. I'm not going to sow discord among the brethren. I'm not going to divide friends. Uh, Proverbs warns about a, a whisperer separateth chief friends. I'm not going there. And so I told this guy, um, now you need to talk to your pastor. I said, now if the day comes when you feel like that's not the church you should go to, you're looking for doctrinal uh, answers in another direction, um, then come talk to me and I'd be happy to talk to you. But I said, right now, if you have a pastor, um, I would defer to him. And I just think that's loyalty. I just think that's honorable, decent kind of living. And again, I'm not saying I've always gotten that kind of treatment from other people, but that doesn't matter. I'm not in charge of how other people act. I'm in charge of how I act if I can pull it off. I remember being in college um, when I was in Bible college um, under the ministry of Dr. Hiles, we had teachers at the college who were from Princeton, Jim Jorgensen. Um, he was uh, one of the sharpest men there, and, and he was a Princeton graduate, then he went to Temple. 
Um, we had uh, Dr. Wendell Evans, president of the college. He was a Temple grad and Bob Jones. I think he graduated from Bob Jones, then he taught at Temple, but he had very close ties to Tennessee Temple. Um, there were people in our college from all different backgrounds, I mean, leaders in the church, in the, in the, in the college, and, and they talked about their background. When I was at college, this, and, and um, Brother Hiles never tried to take anybody's loyalty away from the, the people who'd invested in him. And um, then I, I'm thinking of another college I know of where the college founder and pastor told the teachers, and this is not gossip, this is I was, I was at the meeting and heard this said, he said, I'd really prefer you not talk about your former college and where you attended. He said, let's keep our young people's focus here. And, um, you know, I think, you know what, I, I don't want to be so small that you have to forget about the church you came from. If you are saved and growing in another church and you move to our area and go to our church, I want you to love your church. I want you to go home for your church anniversary. I want you to send a note to the pastor thanking him for his investment in you. I am for um, I'm, I'm for your church and I'm, I'm for you and, and uh, loyalty, just a huge thing. And, um, uh, you know, it's um, one of the things I loved about being in Bible college. When I left my home church, there were some definite uh, doctrinal issues and I just thought I couldn't stay there and uh, later became very dear friends with the pastor. But the, he was Pastor Blue, you that know me, know my home church, um, Pastor Blue's wife was slowly dying of pancreatic cancer, and there was a there were leaders there that probably he would not have hired, and um, and I, I couldn't stay under those leaders. They were challenging the Bible, the authority of the Bible. They were t- saying it should have said been translated this way, or the Bible should say this. And one of them said social drinking is okay, and this is in the Bible college. And I knew Pastor Blue didn't believe those things, but he wasn't hands-on at the time. He was busy being a husband and, and loving on his wife and caring for her during the last days of her life. And um, there, so there are people that get in leadership that don't always think like the leader. I hate to say that, but it's a reality. But at that time, as a Bible college student, because of his wife's health, I really didn't know him very well. I was not close to him. There was the college staff I was closer to, and, and I made the decision, I can't keep attending this college, and so I was leaving. Well, um, I got one note from him when I was in college saying he was disappointed that, he, that I left and he had some hopes that I'd be able to stay and work there and perhaps even work for him one day. Um, so um, it, was, we, we, it was not a close relationship. But um, during my next three years under the ministry of Dr. Jack Hiles, I don't know exactly how he did it, but it wasn't just me. It was all of us. By the time you left the ministry and left college there, you loved your home church more, you loved your parents more, you loved your pastor more. And the the philosophy there at First Baptist Church in Hammond and Howes Anderson College was to get you to love your family, to love your home, to love your home church, to love your pastor at home. And and I just am so thankful for that, that loyalty that was instilled. You know, I think of, of um, I can think of multiple people, but here's a person who got saved at their church. Maybe they grew up as a child to an adulthood at that church, uh, saved that church, surrendered to the ministry at that church, or learned to teach, or learned to win souls at church. They, all their spiritual, everything they have spiritually is from that church. And then uh, they find themselves under another person's ministry, and under that ministry, um, that 
leader, whether it be a pastor or whoever, that ministry uh, begins to be critical of the other place and 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 tears away that um, that person from maybe from the Christian school they attended and does their best to defame the place. And I think, man, what small, frail, uh, just puny little people. Um, and then to have that person who literally born and raised and trained at that church to act as if their home church is not in existence, I just I can't even imagine it. Uh, just today I got a text from somebody. Um, he was a part of our church in the first two or three years of our church and family moved. He's uh, in the ministry full time and uh, somebody I've only seen once or twice in the past 20 years. But um, he'd sent a text and want to know how things are going. I, and I told him and things are, we're very blessed. God's been good to us. And, and he said, I love to hear good news from my home church. He still considers me his pastor, still considers, and, and, and he's got a great ministry in a far off place. And, and, but he still loves our church. This is his home church. And so whoever he works for, he's a, he's a staff member, has managed to keep him loving his home church and how I respect that kind of thing. Um, um, I, I, I can tell you from the first pastor I was around, he wasn't really my pastor because I was in a secular college. I was home on occasion. Uh, and I attended this little church, but Al Portacallion was his name. He's in heaven now. But he was the first man that influenced me spiritually. He spent some time with me during Christmas break, summer break when I was home. Um, I have no problem being loyal to him, talking about him, how much I owe him. His son and I were roommates in, in Bible college. The first place I attended college under the ministry of Pastor Blue. I love Pastor Blue and his testimony, his character, his soul winning. Um, I have no problem with uh, the things I learned. I learned to memorize scripture there. I mean, learned to memorize it by the volume. Um, we'd take the subject, like I remember taking the subject of authorities. And uh, as a group of us, we memorized around 100 verses on authority. And then the, the youth director, uh, and I'm a college student, but this guy, uh, the youth director, Craig Scott, so much I owe to Craig uh, Scott and his wife, Karen, and, um, uh, got us memorizing scripture on music. We probably memorized 100 verses on music. And oh, I owe so much to those men and the ladies there and, and the ministry. And then, of course, my Bible college I graduated from later, uh, Howells Anderson College. I'm proud of my heritage. I'm not ashamed of those who love me and help me. I'm, I'm not embarrassed to give honor to whom honor is due. That's the subject there in, in Romans chapter 13 and verse 7, to give honor to whom honor is due. And I wouldn't be the person I am today without the people who'd influenced me. And there's, there are many, <clears throat> many uh, in the scriptures we're asked to honor. Peter says uh, in 1 Peter 2.17, honor all men. Uh, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. So they were told to honor all men. They're, they're God's creation. Treat them with honor. Treat people with respect and dignity. And then he said to honor the king. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, in Ephesians 6.2, Paul writes, honor thy father and mother, which is the first command with promise. So we're to honor our parents. First uh, Timothy 5.17 says, let the, the elders that rule well, that's the pastors, uh, be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. And so there's, there's different people that deserve honor. And then you go to Romans uh, thirteen seven. it says to give honor to whom honor is due. And our culture is fast losing this thing of respect, loyalty, honor. Uh, my natural father, um, he was never a Bible reader, church goer. And after he left one time, 
I was visiting him on a weekend, and on occasion he'd come pick us up on a Saturday and Sunday. We'd spend Friday night, Saturday with, with him, and and um, he was dating this gal he eventually married, and she was a member of a church. And so the only time in my life I ever sat in church with my, my natural father was when I'm guessing I was uh, 13 or so, 12, 13 years old, <clears throat> and I sat in church there uh, with him, and, and he was not a church-going person. And... Um, Never saw him with a Bible in his hand and never uh, had him teach me anything spiritual. But everything from hunting and fishing to working on a bicycle to working on a motorcycle, he was a very hands-on father. Um, had a ping-pong table, and he, and he, different things came and went during the, the few years he was with us. Uh, he got a train set somewhere and set it up in the garage for us and and I mean a big one, like a four foot by eight foot sheet of plywood. It was big. It was smoking engine and all the, <clears throat> the old Lionel trains. Um, at one point, he had a pool table for a while, and and we'd go camping together. And, and um, I'm not going to be disloyal to a man who influenced me that much, just because he left when I was young, and may and just because uh, he never had anything to do with God. But he he was so much a part of my training. And um, I want to encourage you, cut off slandering comments from people. Cut off the critic and the slanderer. Um, cut off the people who want to slow, uh, sow discord among the brethren. Just don't listen to it. I think you ought to get rid of social media contacts that are, that are in the business of spreading smut. And, um, uh, man, give honor to whom honor is due as little as I respect our current president. If uh, he were to walk into a room where I was, I would stand up out of respect for the office and out of respect for the man that God, yes, God put him over our nation. Uh, I'm not going to treat that man with disrespect. I, I have I have no value. I see no value in his morals or his character or anything else, but he's my president and he is due a measure of honor. And so I don't want to encourage you. Uh, let's rebuild, rekindle this thing of, of honor, giving loyalty and honor and respect, big, big things in our world. They have a great day. Thanks for spending a few minutes together.